do you know how much effort it takes for me not to swear in front of my children? Like, like it's 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 Titanic. I should win fucking awards every week for this shit. Like this this podcast at least gives me time to vent the Fs and fucking see next Tuesdays and bastards all I can. This is this is my venting station. This is the only reason I fucking do this podcast just to get the fucking all the swear words out. Hello and welcome to a delayed episode of the Movie Chef podcast where we make a meal out of movies. I'm your host, Hebs, and joined with me in Arctic conditions, my executive chef, my executive host, Calm. Frozen Calm. You look like you could hang an umbrella off your nipples. Well, I'm, I can I'm, see very... Your umbrella <laughs> <Yeah>. right <now. laughs> I'm very annoyed that I've had to take off my, uh, my Russian style hat uh, because I can't get my fucking earphones over the top of the hat. Um, so yeah, that's I'm pretty annoyed about that. It's minus six here in the, the north of Ireland. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, this, is there any other podcast that does this? This is what I want to know. I'm sure there's there's other people that have other ailments and stuff. But is there anybody that suffers the cold like I suffer the cold? You know, I bet I bet we're going to find somebody who's going to message us about a podcast of like the Antarctic research team. <laughs> I know, but at least they probably have heaters. Do you know what I mean? They're not doing it in the outside their fucking research center. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. <laughs> they'll be they'll be one of those what uh so how's your week been more homeschooling not for you for your kids obviously oh god i don't know if i was talking to you about the, the 11 plus was i talking to you about the 11 plus yes before? i don't know if we yeah. talked about it on the podcast but yeah it's like the so entrance obviously, to high school for kids in northern yeah, Ireland. yeah so it's like it's sats or sats over in england it's you know sats in america it was the 11 plus when I was growing up. It's now uh, the AQE. Uh, so my son is in that go-between of going from primary school to high school. Um, and this entrance exam gives him the choice of going to whatever school he wants, depending on the grade that he gets. Um, so that's been cancelled now. But what I did do is I went back to 1995 to when yeah. I sat my 11 plus. <laughs> And I redid my 11 plus. Now, back then, it was graded on a one, two, three, and a four. So what do you think young fat corm got in 1995? A one, I, a two, I, a three, and a four? I think it'd be a, a, a tentative one, one, being, one being the highest. Oh, four being the lowest. oh right. Okay. Number one's like an A. Number two is like a B, a C. Number three is like a D. And number four is like an E and F. I think that you'd have got you'd you'd have scraped a two. You'd be fucking wrong. I got a four. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> anyway, anyway, so yes, little fat pudgy Cormac back in '95 got a four. Big fat pudgy Cormac in 2021 got 85 percent, which would have been a one. Fucking hell. Well done, you're educated. You so you're you. educated to an 11 year old level. Well done, my my son. Well my done, thank you, sir. Well done, well done, My 11 year old son had to teach me how to divide. Uh, so yeah, thank you, thank you. So I'd much. be embarrassed. Uh, I'd oh, be. Oh, horrendous! It's you should see some of the work that comes home with him sometimes. 
you're fucking looking at it. It looks like hieroglyphics. And he looks at you like you're you're a fucking moron. Like, how do you not know that? You're, you're, it, it, you're, 30, you're 37, 38. Like, how the fuck do you not know that? And you're like, I mean, it's been a while. Like, you know, it's, it's been like 25 years. You know, give me a fucking I, break. I was sat at work the other day and I had like, you know, uh, 1075 plus 3238 or something and i just did it in long edition <laughs> like <laughs> well and afterwards i got it and i had to check it on the calculator <laughs> when i realized it were right i just let out this little re <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> and, and last of it's two sets down she looks over she goes you're all right i went i've just done long edition on my own <laughs> <laughs> 37 year old and I'm giving a little cheer to myself because I've done maths uh, so uh, movies we've got to talk about movies movies movies, movies. well it's kind of glad that we were delayed slightly I mean okay in all honesty football delayed us two days there was uh, Chelsea yes. Chelsea were playing <laughs> Sunday night uh, Leeds were playing Monday night so here we are recording on Tuesday. You just, you're just very lucky that we're not sitting watching West Ham Man United right now. That's all I'm saying. Oh, God. I've, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry about that one. So, uh, but it does mean that we caught up with, well, we managed to see the uh, gluttony of trailers that get released. Now, usually during the Super Bowl weekend or during the Super Bowl match, game whatever it's a, it's a fucking who game. cares it's a, it's, it's a, a game of rugby you know what I mean? the throw a ball around jesus and the the movie studios use it as their big opportunity to release new trailers uh for the big upcoming films now this year obviously i think it's quite telling that a, nobody wants to spend a lot of money uh, on advertisements because nobody's buying anything nobody's going to be going to see these and i think it also shows what people movie studios are planning on releasing in the next sort of six months because i think notable for their absence was black widow uh bond i know that's already been put back um i mean even mortal kombat still hasn't got a trailer uh the one yeah. we looked at was a fan fiction uh it was a fan fiction <laughs> we were hoodwinked we were hoodwinked by some bastard um but yeah so look, it, we've got i mean first of all when i said to you we're <laughs> So we're going to talk about this. Then. We're going to talk about this. When I said to you, we're going to talk about the adverts that are on during the Super Bowl. Now, uh, being the producer of a movie-centric podcast, talking to my talent, who is the host, <laughs> executive host of a movie-themed podcast, what adverts do you think I'm asking you to watch? Well, right. <laughs> Let me preface this. All right. So. I don't get I don't get the, the fucking fascination that America has with the Super Bowl. I know it's you know American football is big. I get it. I understand it. It's worldwide. Okay, but it's it's just the fucking FA Cup final. It's, yeah. it's the it, you know it's the European Cup final, and they make it out like it's this fucking big massive tradition shit. And it's like it's a game of fucking football. G- grow up. Yeah. You know the only the only differences is it's got a halftime show and fucking people talk all this bullshit about the adverts now. This is where we get into. So you had obviously sent me a message saying, make sure that you watch the Super Bowl ads. And I was like, yep. right, okay. So, we, you know, I'll watch the Super Bowl ads. So I started watching all the fucking Super Bowl ads. And I can't describe to you how much, like, there's a few things in life, right, that really get to me, right? I'll, I'll name a few. People who take too long at the self-serve in like Tesco or something. People, you know, people who aren't ready. People who, like people who stand in a queue and they're, you know, we're standing in a queue to pay for something 
And then when they get to the, the front of the line, they're like, oh, as if they're fucking surprised that they have to pay for shit. And you're like, why? You, you've just stood in fucking queue for 15 minutes. Why the fuck weren't you prepared? Can I just add to that one? Sorry, very quickly. I don't mean to interrupt you mid-rant, but also when you're in the queue at a supermarket, the woman on the checkout is having a lifelong catch-up with the woman yeah. who's being served or the yeah. man who's being served. And you're stood there with your loaf of bread and a can of beer or whatever, and you're just like... Your toilet tissues. I just want to get yeah. home for a white lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking 7 o'clock on a Friday night. I'm stu- you've, all- you've both just fucking looked at me. How about you get on and fucking serve people <laughs> rather than having a good old chinwag? Anyway, sorry. Go on. What else? Yeah, so stand in a queue women at cash points is another one because women have to check every single bank account that they have and I understand the point that it takes them a while to put their stuff back inside their purse and back inside their bags I understand that it still annoys me spitting spitting's another one see if I see somebody spitting on the street I want to walk up right behind them in the back of the head and fucking thump them right in the back of the head I fucking hate spitting the third one that really gets to me is adverts 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 like it's like it's like Nails scratching down my face every time that I have to sit and watch an advertisement. That's why I cannot get rid of Sky Plus. I get, for American listeners, the TiVo over here, I can't get rid of it because I cannot watch an advertisement. I have to, if, if I'm watching a TV show, I have to start watching that TV show at quarter past eight if it starts at eight because then I can forward through all the ads. That's what I'm like, right? So having to watch all these ads, I was... Like I was, I can't. Be, I was like sitting on the bed, like this, and I was bouncing up and down, going, "What the fuck? What the fuck? Why am I watching all these American footballers like fucking doing gymnastics and talking about insurance?" And then fucking Timote Chamolet comes on, trying to talk to me about a fucking self-driving car, and I'm like grabbing the bottom of the seat and sitting in the bed, going, "Fucking no! What the fuck? I watch it." And then, then it clicked into my head, and I was like. Oh, it means the it means the TV shows and the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I must have watched about fifteen ads, and it was just, oh, you have no idea. You should have seen my face. Like that was a fucking beetroot red. Can you imagine you just sat there making notes on the Budweiser commercial? No, <laughs> see that's the thing. I wasn't. I didn't. And then what was your man's name? Fucking Post Malone popped up in a fucking Bud Light advert. I was like, ah, oh, fuck off! And I just turned the hang off. I didn't watch any of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me. I, I just don't get the fascination that Americans have with these adverts. I don't get it. The one I saw, I can't remember what it was. Like It was for a car company. I don't know what it was, but it was like the whole thing of it was like, oh, it's been a really tough time. Forget about your dead grandma and buy a Honda. You know, it was like one of those. It was just like, nah. we'll get through it together if you buy our car. It's like, oh, fuck off. But you know the yeah. thing as well is like the only thing in the back of my head is the like the amount of money that these people are getting paid to do the adverts. The amount of money that these people are paying to produce the adverts and then put the adverts on. And then all these people at their homes in America watching the ads as if it's fucking going to the cinema to see a new Marvel advert or Marvel TV show. And it's like, ah, ah. Just imagine, right? Say they pay $10 million for a Pepsi commercial during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, with the actors and everything. They must make more than $10 million profit from additional Pepsi sales off the back of that advert? Or why would they it's, do it? It's why frightening would... It's frightening to think of the amount of... I, I understand how marketing works, I get it, but it's frightening to think how stupid the general public is when they see an advert during a football game that they'll just go, ooh, Hyundai, I'll go, Hyundai, ooh, Bud Light, 
I'll go get Bud Light. Oh, farmer's insurance. I'll go get farmer's insurance. And it's like, how fucking how stupid are you people? Do you know what? In one of the cases where that's not worked is, um, I think at Wrestle- WrestleMania, they were giving out Snickers, but they were like almond, like a new flavor. And it was loads of little samples. And of course, you, you're seven hours into a fucking 15 hour show, whatever the hell it was, you get hungry. So you start eating these. I've never eaten a Snickers since. They were fucking awful. Really? They were awful. And they were like, I was like going to wait for you to say that everybody like, ate half of it and like third of fucking Rey Mysterio <laughs> or something like that. Rey, Rey Mysterio was, that's why they haven't seen him. He's been murdered under a whole pile of fucking almond stickers. But yeah, I haven't bought one since. I just thought, fuck you, that was awful. I'm not put. Anyway, right, trailers. So. Uh, we got some trailers. Let's start with F9, the Fast Saga, Fast and Furious 9. This <sighs> this has just become a parody of itself. I give how, up. After, how yeah. has there been nine of these movies? How? Nine. Paul. Nine. Paul, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight. Nine. <laughs> there is, and there is another at least one more coming. <laughs> nine. So and every story, every every fucking movie has the same premise. Oh, do you miss it? Oh, I always miss. It. And then, what? He misses it every year, but he goes back every year. What? The, I don't fucking understand this. Do you know? Do you remember the first one? Do you remember what the word Robin in the first film? No. And Paul Walker was uh, undercover. Um, TV. VCRs or TV DVD players, TV combis. They were just like, I'm sure it was in the open up. It was just a bunch of TV combi units. And you're just like, you look at it now and like stopping nuclear missiles from landing. But this for me, I mean, look, it is what it is. John Cena's in this one, play the bad guy, which is obviously going to be the same uh, come the end of the film. Look, it's, I just want to try and see uh, if The Rock and Vin Diesel kill them, kill each other on set again. Kill themselves? <laughs> Well, they hated each other apparently. It was all big testosterone, boo, ooh, big men, big men on. Well, they're they're the two highest paid actors in Hollywood, aren't they? Mm. Because it, of these, because obviously of these movies, because of these movies. But they've got it written in the contract that they can't lose a fight to the other one, or they can't lose a fight on screen. So anytime that they are beaten, it's because the building they're in blew up or something. You know, it can never be like Vin Diesel puts the rock down. And that's in the last one where the rock ended up in hospital for most of the film. It's because they couldn't stand to be in the same place with each other. Even the final scene apparently was filmed with them separately and it was edited. How how shallow must you be when you know stories of people like Joan Crawford and Betty Davis who fucking despised each other? And like used to like nip each other on set and you know and shit like that you know and like uh, does performances like that when you hit the other person does it not come off better on screen does it not make for a better for a better performance well during was it Star Trek Nemesis with Tom Hardy where he played a clone or a younger version of Patrick Stewart and during the whole um, filming Patrick Stewart wouldn't talk to Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy was just this young actor, you know, and it was like, this is Patrick Stewart. What have I done wrong? What, why? Ain't... And he just blanked him, didn't talk to him or anything. And when they were finally having a meal together after it finished, he went up to him and he's like, I can't have liked you off screen for us to hate each other on screen. I had to just distance myself from you. And he just shunned him through it all for method acting. That's my, nemesis. that's my nemesis is shite. That'll be it. Yeah, where's, Patrick Stewart? where's Patrick Stewart from? 
Uh, fuck you. I feel best jokes. That's where it's from. Um, M. Night Shyamalan has got a new film out. First, it was so we've had Haunted, we've had Creepy Children, right. Creepy <laughs> Aliens, hang on, mm-hmm. Creepy Plants, mm-hmm. Creepy Villages, mm-hmm. Creepy Old Women in Lakes, mm-hmm. uh, creepy, young, creepy Young Women in Lakes, Creepy Young Women in Lakes. Creepy bald children doing really bad acting. Anyway, so this is now a creepy culturally, bit. Cult- culturally uh, inappropriate movies. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Oh god, yeah, that was that. We've got to do Last Airbender at some point. I actually watched it about three months ago. It's not that bad. Really? It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't like, oh, I, I, I don't. I've how many, seen. How many glasses down are you tonight? By the way. I'm not, I'm not any We need to put this in context. <laughs> All our listeners are going to be like, it's just admitted he likes the last bear doing that. Nah, it must be, it must be wankered by now. I was, I was fucked up on heroin while watching it, like, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and to tell you, it was the best seven hours of my life. So, uh, M. Night Shyamalan has got a creepy beach uh, called, a uh, new movie, old. People go on it and grow up really fast. The only thing that I want to say about this movie is this, right? Who keeps giving him money to make movies? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody <laughs> does. Well, it's like you, yeah, Uwe Ball. Is it Uwe or U? You, you Ball. I would say, I would say you, you, U Ball. Ball. Mm-hmm. Even him, didn't he raise like 50 million to make, um, not Blood Rain, the one that came after it, in the name of the father? But see, I can understand uh, that. Not in the name of the father. <laughs> in the name of the I'd love to see you ball direct Daniel Daniel Day-Lewis. They are taking our jury. Kill them all. What? Is that Jamaica, Paul? (laughs) I thought it was... I was trying to... Kill them all. (laughs) Going to shoot shoot you in the head, Jerry Adams. (laughs) I'm from Jamaica. (laughs) That'd be a fucking film I'd see. Well, yeah. (laughs) The Jamaican, the Jamaican mafia versus IRA. So creepy beach. <laughs> People go on the beach, it grow up. I don't know. It's I don't know. It, there's going to be some big twist where they're actually growing younger or some adult. <laughs> do, do you want to hear the honest truth? <laughs> see, see, the start of the trailer and the kid goes in. The kids go into the water and then they come out of the water and they're like, "Oh, my clothes have shrank." All I could think of was, "Is this movie about shrinking clothes?" <laughs> That'll be it. That's the twist. That's going to be the twist. It wasn't them getting older. All their clothes were shrinking. Shyamalan's just sat behind the camera with bags full of money from Hollywood. You've done it again, kid. He's the Stephen King of making horror movies. He just finds something, makes it creepy and puts it on. But Stephen King does it with everything. But that's the thing, though. The difference is Stephen King was a good writer. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. I I will leave it at that. You know what? Split was great. Split was a really good, simple film and it really well acted. And then it's it's like it's like when people like Rand Paul or Paul Ryan or Lindsey Graham or, you know, or any of those right wing Republicans come out and make sense. You know, do you forgive all the crap that they've spoken? <laughs> do you forgive all the shit that they've spewed because they've come out with this one one good statement? No. So what you're trying to say can't... is a, bro- a broken clock is right twice a day. We cannot, we cannot allow 
Philadelphia's own M. Night Shyamalan to make another movie. We can't have well, it. He is doing, and we're gonna we're getting it. Um, okay, Disney Plus. The, the the longest of the trailers, the most sort of revealing. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, of course, it's the can't... longest. They had to pay five point five million for every thirty seconds. Disney can fucking piss money up a wall. Do you, do you ever wonder, like, what your eight quid that month went on? You know, it goes in the system, <laughs> doesn't it? I don't do you know think, what I mean? I don't think, think it goes that? directly from my bank account in the fucking... No, uh... no think, about it, think about it, right? You pay your £8, mm-hmm. and it goes through your bank to Disney's bank, and it goes into Disney's bank. Then that, that say, one of those pounds, dollars, will be used to go fund something, and it'll be split oh, into... This is, this is, this is your why... Pounds this could is have why... Gone to... <laughs> This is why you should be writing the Hollywood movies. This is a Hollywood movie. There was a. Now, I remember there was the a movie. journey of a pound, but I'm serious. Was, do you ever, not, there do you ever was, think there was a movie? Quid there, I'm paying has gone on like somebody's oh, hold on, hold expenses. On, hold on. There was a movie made where it's you follow a dollar because I remember seeing it in Sky Movies years ago. Right. And you basically follow the, the, the lifespan of a dollar and it shows you everybody where it goes through. So every person that holds a dollar has a different story. So it's not new, Paul. You have stolen it in some way, but you know, I'm just saying it's interesting. This could okay. be this could be the end sequence to One Division because it's more interesting than the actual TV show. We're coming on to that in a minute. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, yeah, twenty million pound worth of adverts. Um, we're getting a full series. This, I think, is going to be a lot more action from the beginning rather yeah. than shooty shooty bang bang. As soon as shooty, I seen the bang. advert, as soon as I seen the advert, I was like, yeah, this is what I want. Yeah. I don't want some. I don't. Uh, I don't want some cerebral fucking you know TV show. I don't want. Like, let's be honest, right? If a Marvel movie came out and was cere- as cerebral as what One Division was, it would be down there with fucking Dark World. Oh yeah. Simple, simple as that. It would be yeah. down there. Well, we'll come on to One Division, but so Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think yeah, I'm I'm fully on board for this. Yeah, it's the same as the Loki one. As soon as I seen the advertising for the Loki one as well, I was like, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. It's action. It's It's got a bit of story. It's got a bit of substance. Is it because you're a misogynist and you hate everything to do with women? Not. Hey. Hey, Paul. <laughs> no misogyny here. Not at all. <laughs> Most of Half of my friends are women. <laughs> <laughs> I have two of my own. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have them? You own them, do you? I created one. I created one, and I own another. I mean... (laughs) I I have the commercial rights against two of them. Uh, And then we've got another Coming to America. And you know what? This is the second Coming to America trailer with Eddie Murphy that's going to be on Amazon Prime in March. Second trailer's come out. And you know what? It's the second one that I've just drifted off while watching it. I I disagree with you. I disagree with you. Because... Now, this 30-second one that you sent me that was made to be in the Super Bowl, yes, it was a wee bit drifting, but they did a longer one. It was like a two-minute one um, that kind of explained a wee bit more of him going to America, finding the sun, coming back to Africa, some of the, the things in between. Um, I found it very appealing. Um, but again, as I said before, I would rather watch a movie of the three old men in the barbershop um, than yeah. watch an entire other coming to America movie. Uh, but 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 I think this trailer gave it a wee bit of legs, so I'll, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a chance. Oh, I'll be giving it a chance. I'm just, I just didn't. I don't know. Maybe I because I, I haven't seen the first one in about twenty years. 
Maybe. Maybe. Just, I enjoyed it as a kid, but I've never gone back and revisited it. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I ain't got the nostalgia for it. And it seems heavily reliant on... I think it's because I, I, I've seen it quite recently because my son's 11. Um, but f- obviously, we want to go on to something else now. But something funny that I read on Twitter the other night was I can't remember who it was, but there was a guy posted up on Twitter saying, uh, allowing my seven year old and nine year old to watch Coming to America, my decision completely changed after 45 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> the royal penis. And I was, I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> okay. Ready for some news? Did Kim Newman come to the door today? <laughs> <laughs> Got your papers, Paul. Right, okay, I'm just going to say something and then we're going to carry on, okay? We, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. Army Hammer has been dropped by his talent agency, WME. Okay. So, <laughs> I have no suggestion as to why that is news. I, I I just hope and pray that everything that we're reading is absolutely true and <laughs> and that there are several heads in his freezer. Do you know, last year he worked on a movie and very recently uh, a body has been dug up from that movie set. Shut up. Apparently. I do not have a okay. point of reference. I read it today somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I read it on the internet. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's true. I'm saying I'm pretty sure I've read it. In fact, I did because there was, I did read it on the internet. You're absolutely, I didn't read it in, oh, in a newspaper like a fucking animal. Uh, no, there was a, we'll carry on talking for a while. But yeah, look, Army Hammer, you think we've got a freezer full of heads? I. Listen, allegedly. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, allegedly it's, it's, he's got allegedly. a freezer full of heads. <laughs> allegedly he's got a freezer full of heads. I, I hope, I hope that. Arnie Hammer does have a freezer full of heads, right? Because I think it would beat the monotony of COVID-19 and Brexit on the news. Like, as soon as I see Army Hammer, like, you know, as soon as Arnie Hammer starts, starts, starts trending on Twitter, I am immediately WhatsApping you. Arnie Hammer's trending, oh, yeah. something's going something's to oh, yeah. drop. Something, Arnie's, Arnie Hammer's trending, something's going to drop. Okay, so the San... Bernardino County Sheriff's Office told it said it had no plans to investigate the Hollywood actor over the unidentified remains which were found on January 31st in a Wonder Valley location. Army Hammer's name... (laughs) Why would they even need to say that? (laughs) <laughs> because people, because it's trending on Twitter for the past three days, but the need to say they, something. They, was it the dead body? And did they find like a fucking? Do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where Abe Simpson ate the guy in the mountain? Was <laughs> it like, guy, like, was there a fucking chunk missing out of his arm and fucking Army Hammer's false teeth <laughs> fell? In? I swear to God, it wasn't brutal. <laughs> Army Hammer's name hasn't come up as a suspect at all. We have no plans to investigate him. A spokesperson told the newspaper. But do you know what I'm, I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Is is there any evidence that Donald Trump didn't do it? Is there any like no, no, hang Emma Perron? Uh, Hammer was embroiled in controversy uh, over accusations of sexual assault made by former partners that have seen him drop from a number of projects. The reason uh, it was suggested is because he was on a a film set in that area uh, last summer. But um, Army Hammer has already been dropped from a number of films. He's got a number of films coming out. And uh, I mean, we already know that he was guilty of the murder of the Lone Ranger 
So, <laughs> listen. All I'll say, and I'll end this on this. Please. I feel I feel sorry for Army Hammer if he isn't a serial killer cannibal because it has really, really, really fucked him over. Now, on one end of that, I'm glad that Army Hammer's over because I'm sick and tired of people trying to make him a thing. Army Hammer should never have been a thing. Oh no, um, he's not a good actor. Um, no. He has no appeal whatsoever. So you know that, that he should have been left in the doldrums after doing Wink- Winklevoss and fucking Social Network because he was actually good in that, you know. And then he should have played some guy on a fucking TV show. Um, but I don't think we should fucking criticize anybody who has a fetish. Yeah, I'll give you that. You know what I mean? But, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not talking about it, him acting on it. Yeah, if he, I mean, right. There's accusations. She's leveled these accusations at him. Um, she was say she's saying that alleging sexual assault. He's saying, uh, first of all, he came straight out and said they were bullshit claims and everything was consensual. So there's obviously something going on. He's saying she said yes. She's saying I said no. Uh, and it's gone. For, and she also mentioned that he was talking about wanting to do this, this, and this. Now, if wanting to do something does it make you the thing? Now, in the space of less than a week, Twitter has made him into a yeah, rabid cannibal, cannibal <laughs> with a freezer full of heads. You know, so I, like I fully agree there. If he's uh, if if what he has is a kink that he likes describing and has never acted upon and never would, then I feel sorry for him. But likewise. Uh, there's no smoke without fire. <laughs> He's a cannibal. <laughs> Dirty bastard. <laughs> um, Snyder Cut, Joker, Rated R, Black and White, might not be. Anything more? No, not really. Snyder Cut's coming out. I, I hope that, I hope it fucking shit. I really, I wanted to see it so bad. I want yeah. to see it so bad because I just, I'm, uh, you know what? Watchmen is three and a half hours the director's cut, and it's a decent film, but it's fucking really heavy. Good. It's really good. It's it's heavy going for three and a half hours of that material, and if he's done four plus hours, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I've uh, yeah, I hope it's shit. I really do. I hope <laughs> I, I hope he's the I super too, mate, I... You know what? We were wrong. Sorry. <laughs> But I'm in, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm in two minds, though. I'm in two minds. I I want it to be watchable and I want it to be good because I want to watch good stuff rather than bad stuff. Yeah, I do and, want to watch a great Justice League film. Yeah, but I think it's going to be shit. And then there's a third section of it will make me very, very happy if it's total shit. And Just, then we have to we have to see all these fucking uh, Snyder fanboys on Twitter trying to defend it. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I want to see. It's the sticker fancy of it. Oh, Zach's got a vision. Zach's got a vision, and Zach's going to bring it to. I read a tweet. I read a tweet today, and it was basically, "I've never bought any movie merchandise before, but I had to buy this." It was like a fucking mini American football that had like that said the Snyder cut on it. Yep, yeah, seeing it, and I was like, "What?" What fucking point does that make? Like, what? Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. So yeah, I would just that everybody lauding it on him, and you know what is? Is for me, he's about fifty-fifty for films. 
you know, you think for every Watchmen, and for me, I'd put yeah. 300 Watchmen, you know. Sucker Punch. What, you'd put that as one of his better films? I like Sucker Punch. Again, I've never got more than halfway through it. Really? Yeah, Just I like a migraine on screen. I thought it was all right. I didn't, I didn't get all the misogyny. I don't see things like that. Paul, do you know what I'm like? No. Like, I don't see color, like I'm colorblind. <laughs> No, like I'm that guy. I don't see that kind of misogyny. I only see the power in people. I only see the power in women. Yeah. So you don't Something see the misogyny. Inside, so strong. So you didn't see the you didn't see this the misogyny and the sexism in Sucker Punch. Nope. <laughs> well, we're gonna. That's gonna get letters. <laughs> <laughs> Dear sir. <laughs> I'm saying, oh wow, you did see how that was. A, so you think it was empowering for women? I thought it was quite empowering. I saw, I thought, I saw it was empowering. Little schoolgirl dresses, as all that. I saw it as an empowering movie. I'm going to watch that again because I thought it was quite. It was who the male gears. I, I saw, a... I saw women killing a lot of men. Um, Keanu Reeves to play Craven the Hunter. Keanu, yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently Keanu's tapped up for a, an MCU role, and there's a lot of talk about it being Craven the Hunter uh, for the Spider Verse. Mm. I I don't like this just because it's not Hugh Jackman. <sighs> they're I'm just going to keep going with big stars now, aren't they? They're they're keep going to keep going with it now. Well, I put um, a poll on Twitter as to who you'd want to see. Who would you want to see as Keanu Keanu Reeves take on in the? Uh, in the MCU. I, I read a lot of people on that poll said Mephesto. Yeah, a lot of people saying they want to see Mephesto. A lot of people, uh, for nerds, by nerds, uh, I think it's Josh said, um, perhaps Name or, or Adam Warlock or Sentry. Um, somebody said, have him as a new Wolverine. What about Magneto? Magneto would be a great one. Eh? Mm. A bit more anti-hero, wouldn't it? Well, the three that I put in were Craven the Hunter in the poll, Silver Surfer and Nova. Uh, Richard, Silver it, Surfer would be interesting. Yeah, Silver I, Surfer I, would be interesting. I'm, I'm kind of... I, at first I thought, oh, Silver Surfer, because it seems obvious for Keanu Reeves. He does this very sort of expressionless, not bland, yeah. but emotionless thing. So to have him as that as Norman Rad and be this kind of... As like know, a Groot. As, but he's kind of like a Groot character where you don't actually see his face and it's just nah. a voice. But a lot, it could bring a lot more sort of zen to it. It's a lot more sort of, you know, for the day of the earth stood still, that kind of, yeah, yeah, um, that kind of sort of emotional balance rather than a piss take. But Nova would be quite cool. But um, yeah, so we might be getting that. So, uh, and what else did we have? Any more news? Any news from you? Uh, do you know, think of your back as 12 o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. And your butthole as four o'clock. Right? Yeah. So your so your legs are six o'clock. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So go up to two o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever get an itch right there? <laughs> <laughs> this is not movie news. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I just thought you meant like oh, I was just thinking about that the other day. <sighs> I need to get your back scratcher for Christmas. I've got one. Use it. On my ass? No. No, you said two o'clock. Your asshole was four. 
Yes, but two o'clock is still inside the crevice. Oh, Jesus, right. So 12 o'clock, you're back. All oh, right, so you didn't actually say this was the geography of the butthole. Yes, I straight, you straight down it. your back, straight down your back and in the crevice. So the crevice, so your butthole would be four o'clock. Your right, hang on. Is, your butthole your is, is the center of the clock. No, 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 no. The butthole is at the tip of the arrow at four o'clock, right? Right. Right. So your back is just 12 o'clock. Your legs right. are six o'clock. So yeah. the the rump, as oh, it yes. were, yes. Is, is between 12 and five. Right. Yeah. And you've so got it four, four is your butthole. So what you're trying to tell us is you've got an itchy ass crack. <laughs> when you get an itch at two o'clock, but it's always in the same place. And it's like, you have to obviously wash your hands straight away after doing it. I wouldn't use any back scratcher on that. So, Wonder Wonder Vision. Wonder Vision. <laughs> on that notice. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, no, let's it's not just that can't be scratched. <laughs> yeah. Wonder Vision, episode. F- fucking lost track. Five. 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 Um, yeah. We're learning more and more. I've forgotten it, actually. We're doing it. We usually do this on a Sunday. It's nice. You know what? I said the same thing to Ritzel and the kids tonight. I had to give me a wee bit of a refresher. Um, oh, I remember, right? So credit uh, credits. Spoilers for WandaVision coming right up. If you haven't seen episode five, stop listening. So we saw uh, basically Vision starting to get an idea of what's going on. Uh-huh. Um, and he's becoming aware that something... Wanda is controlling the town or she's creating this reality. Uh, Wanda can manipulate the reality. And we got a special guest at the end. Yes, we got mm. uh, Evan Quicksilver. As well, is it's, it? Is, yeah, is, well, it, it, is. It, is. it is. It is. Because, <laughs> yeah, because it's, you know, uh, your woman said, oh, she's recast him. Well, yeah, so um, obviously in the MCU, Aaron Taylor-Johnson played uh, Quicksilver, who's the twin brother of Wanda Maximoff. Mm-hmm. And no, it was uh, Quicksilver is Pietro. Pietro yeah. is a, a brother. And uh, in the Fox X-Men universe of them films that have come out over the last sort of 20 years, Evan Peters plays Quicksilver, who was first a teenage boy in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And his sister was a young baby. Yeah. And somehow, for some reason, Evan Peters is the long lost brother who's turned up at the front door as the cliffhanger of the episode. Yeah. So we're, we're now of, have they just hired the same guy just to banter of everybody? Is it a different Quicksilver than going to go that, down that route? Is this the Fox X-Men characters leaking into the MCU? Or is I, it just I think I think maybe it's just a wee bit of a, a wink at the camera for my from what I think. I think it's just a wee bit of a wink. Um, you know, I believe that a lot of stuff can be created by Wanda inside it. Now, one yeah. thing that I didn't get was did they say that he breached the barrier to get in? No, it just showed no. up. Okay. Yeah, so he just and showed she up. She wasn't the one knocking at the door and ringing yeah. the doorbell. So yeah, but she she did say that he that I I didn't do that. I didn't mm. I didn't knock the door when her vision kind of confronted her, you know. So it's kind of like a wee bit up in the air as to what's going on. Um, uh, See, so you've got the other the other possibility as well. Cause, uh, and no, I won't say this, but basically in the multiverse, you get people who look similar, 
from different realities that do different things. So there's every chance in this reality. Well, no, it can't be because her brother was Quicksilver. I was going to say he's this versions of Quicksilver, but we are, we've already seen Quicksilver. Yeah, I think I think it. This is why it's going to be really, really interesting to see how they integrate the X Men and this Marvel MCU, um, because or sorry, the current MCU, because I think the deal between Quicksilver. Um, being in X-Men and being in the Avengers was thus that in the Avengers Age of Ultron, they weren't allowed to say that they were mutants. Yep. And in the X-Men franchise, they weren't allowed to mention Avengers. No. So Which isn't exactly much. That, the big one for me is mute, not mentioning their mutants. They had yeah. to come up with this entire new way of them getting the powers. But we've been over the mutant thing anyway. But for me, if you're looking at this Quicksilver being in this, I've said this all along, right? This TV show, it's the slow burn. It's the drip, drip, drip of information. It's the lost style going two steps forward, one step back. And all I think this is doing is setting up Doctor Strange 2 and Captain yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange 2, and right at the beginning of, and basically this saves you 15 minutes of Doctor Strange 2. You imagine if they did Doctor Strange 2, you introduce Doctor Strange, and then some, you, you see Wanda, and she could do everything we've seen in this series, all the information about S.W.O.R.D. and everything could be set up in about 15 minutes. Yeah. But do you think they're going to go, do you think they're going to go back in multiverse and maybe talk to alternative timeline people who died? Do you, think that this, do you think that this is what Black Widow is going to be alluding to? Um, I don't think Black Widow, because we're supposed to have seen Black Widow by now. So if Black Widow and WandaVision have any Im- impact on each other, I- imagine if Black Widow came out now and mm-hmm. the, the, the big twist was something to do with the multiverse and we've already seen it in WandaVision. It ruins the oh, film for yeah. you. Yeah, so we so know close. Black Widow don't have anything to do. We know Black Widow don't have anything to do with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So for me, I, I generally think we've, we've, this is setting up S.W.O.R.D. as the new shield, which it, yeah. it's, it's the new shield. That's all it is. Well, I, I kept I, one thing that I, I've been starting to watch, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I keep now... You dumb bastard. Uh, they keep coming up this Tahiti thing, Tahiti, Tahiti, Tahiti. And it keeps popping into my head that the, the sword, you know, station in space when Samuel L. Jackson was on the beach in Tahiti, mm-hmm. you know, recuperating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, is that what he's talking about? Is that Tahiti? Is that what he's talking about? I'm on series six of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. And I just feel like grabbing you now and doing that film. Get out. Get out while you can. <laughs> First couple of series are good. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it because, yeah, it's, yeah. But no, it's nothing to do with Sword. <laughs> okay, <It's>... there you go. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Paul. <laughs> no, no, I had spoiled it for you. I ain't told oh, you. Oh, no, that... you've not spoiled it for me. You've just fucking destroyed my theory. Oh, well done. Hi. There's but, you yeah. complaining the all week about fucking people ruining WandaVision. Oh, suck a dick. So, Sword is, like I say, set up for Captain Marvel 2. I, I just, that's what I mean. It's not taking it. All it's doing is, set, anyway, I'm, I'm I'm ranting about it, but all it's doing is taking Wanda to the start of Doctor Strange 2. It's going to f- kill off Vision again. We know he's a corpse. She's bringing him back to life. Yes, she's got the twins, 
the speeding them through again, the speeding them up because they need adult twins or teenage boys. They don't need little babies and they don't need to go through four or five films and see these babies grow up. So over one episode, we have them grow up into what they need to be. And it's yeah. just a stepping stone. And we're watching this series and people are dropping a bollock over it every week of how amazing and tense and talk about this, uh, this cameo that's going to break the internet as much as the Luke Skywalker thing did. Not a fucking prayer. Nowhere near. I don't know anyone who's that Evan. If that Evan Peters was the cameo that broke the internet, I'm sorry. I didn't see shit. I didn't see anything. I didn't have any words muted. I didn't see anything about it. I saw the Luke Skywalker thing immediately. So mm-hmm. anyway, should we talk about some cowboy Wiki, shit? Wiki Wild Wild Westing? Wiki Wild Wild West, Jim West Desperado. Rough Rider? No, you don't want nada. <laughs> bad, that's bad. In a world of video stores and late fees, when movies ain't what they used to be, one podcast will change the world. They will embark on a journey to look at the good and bad movies from the golden era of home video. And things are about to get nostalgic. The VHS will rise and screaming will fall. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dave, this has got to be the worst promo I have ever heard. No, it isn't. If you're going down the route of the video trailer, man, Dave, I want a training montage. Coming soon on a podcast near you. If you listen to one podcast this week, then you're probably listening to Joe Rogan. But if you've exhausted all of the podcasts, then the VHS Strikes Back is one to try. Wild Wild West has always been, to me, it's always been one of these films that is, it, it personifies so bad it's good. Everything about it is just awful. <laughs> but no. together, think, and I'm going to use uh, I'm going to use a very wise man wise man's analogy. You know, you take the ingredients, right? You take people who know me from another life know what I'm on about here. But you take the eggs and the flour and the 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 milk, and you put it all in a bottle, and you make. Were you a farmer? No, no, no. But you take the ingredients. Will Smith in this role, Kevin Klein. Kenneth Branagh's accent, you put it all in and it all don't work on its own. It's just, oh, but put it together. Well, just creates a symphony of delicious. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back a bit, right? Let's go back to 1999 when Wild Wild West, directed by uh, Barry Sonnenfeld, was unleashed onto the world. Will Smith, Kevin Klein, Kenneth Branagh. Come on, take me back to the 90s. let's, Let's go back further. So obviously, uh, a lot of people will know that Wild Wild West is based on the TV show Wild Wild West uh, that was around in the 60s. Um, now, uh, the main thing about this show was it was kind of, it was a James Bond-esque Western, you know, which every week had a different criminal or, or a different bad guy. It was, same, it was the same format of every kind of sci-fi show back then. Land of the Giants, uh, Planet of the Apes, you know, all them different kind of Mission Impossible, uh, you know, all them get smart. You know, all of them had the kind of same premise. Uh, Robert Conrad and uh, Ross Martin played 
Artemis Gordon and Captain James West in it. So one of the good things that I actually did read as well, there's a great story about a guy called uh, Gilbert Ralston, right? So whenever Warner Brothers started uh, production of Wild Wild West in 1997, uh, it went through a whole pile of different scenarios. It's gone through seven writers, seven writers, right? Um, whenever it started kind of production, uh, we had Tom Cruise was signed on. We had uh, Richard Donner was supposed to be directing it. Mel Gibson then signed on to play Captain Jim West. They both then pulled out because Richard Donner found another cowboy movie, Maverick, that he wanted to do. And Mel Gibson then went over and done Maverick with him. Um, so Gilbert Rob Robson, obviously, he, he sued uh, Warner Brothers in 1987. So he basically created a lot of the things of the TV show Wild Wild West. So he created the kind of James Bond-esque kind of of the movie. Uh, mm -hmm. He created, you know, uh, President Ulysses S. Grant, you know, being the bumbling president, you know, always trying to get the two guys to do, uh, you know, quests and missions for him to stop kind of different things. Um, back then, writers weren't really given any credit whatsoever. So whenever it came to like intellectual property, it was just basically then thrust upon to the producer and to the director. They were the main figureheads. So the people, the writers, the people who are creating these TV shows got absolutely fucking nothing. And they got absolutely screwed out of royalties. Like they never got made a penny, you know, out of out of royalties out of these TV shows. So he was fought for, he fought for 30, 40, 50 years to get compensation for Wild Wild West. Um, it came up to the time around Wild Wild West went into production and he died. Yep. And then Warner Brothers paid out to his family. Oh, fuck me! Like what? What? What a kick in the fucking testicles would that have been? You fight for 30, 40, 50 years to get this to, to, to get money out of this TV show, and <laughs> you die. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> it's the Movie Share Podcast. But, yeah, but okay, like, yeah. again, again, what we're we'll doing... Bring, we'll so bring it back up. Come All on. right. We're going to 99. We're going to 99. And as you say, we get we get the, the double teaming of Barry Sonnenfeld and Will Smith. We get Men in Black smashing back together. You know, so I wrote down this, right? So I know Barry Sonnenfeld, obviously. Uh, most of us do from Men in Black. Um, this is Barry Sonnenfeld's. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. Obviously, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick you out some things out of Barry Sonnenfeld's career, right? So Barry Sonnenfeld, and I heard a great story about him when he was a when he was a, a cinematographer uh, back in the the seventies. He used to shoot porn. Do you know this? No. No, do now. So the day that he decided that it was the day to leave porn was the day that he got a load shot in his face. That was the day I'm he decided. That's that's the reason. That's the reason I, de I decided to leave Sky. So you know. We... So after the load got shot in his face, um, Barry went on to do cinematography for these movies: Blood Simple, Raising yeah. Arizona, wow. Throw Mama from the Train, mm. Big, When mm. Harry Met Sally, Miller's Crossing, Misery. That's what Barry Sonnenfeld was a cinematographer for. Then we move over to his directing. So he done Adam's Family, of course, which is fucking yes. amazing. amazing. Adam's Family Values, which is better. Even better. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Get Shorty, which is even better than that. 
Then he done Men in Black, which was fucking insanely brilliant. And then Wild Wild West. <laughs> Give us the next three after Wild Wild West. Uh, I can't remember more because I didn't write them down because they were shit. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, I mean, even uh, even the star of the Wild Wild West, um, Robert Conrad, uh, even when this film came out in uh, 1999, he was the star. He played... Um, he played Jim West in the in the TV show, and he was being interviewed by the Chicago Tribune. And he started off by saying, uh, you guys used to be a fine Republican newspaper, but you've moved too far to the center. That's okay, go ahead with your questions. And then he proceeded to absolutely rip into the film about Wild Wild West is silly. Will Smith, did you see those glasses? What is that? Let me tell you what they did. Will Smith and Barry Sonnenfeld came off Men in Black. They were handed a pail and a shovel and a sandbox and told to go out and play. Sonnenfeld had me to a gratuitous meeting at Bella Hotel and I thought, how presumptuous of him to capitalise on Mike Garrison's creation and say it would be his own. I don't think they'll have the core audience of the show. They'll get 19, 9 to 16 year olds, the Will Smith fans. So he wasn't a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't I think Will Smith and Barry Sonnenfeld get a lot of of, of stick for, for this movie. Um, I don't think yes, they're to blame for a lot of it. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read you this, right? So this is from uh, a website called Mid and the writer's called Peter Jones, right? So basically what they've done is they're just gonna deep dive into Wild Wild West. Now we're we're obviously gonna get into our big friend John Peters. Uh, later oh, on we'll, down the line, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into John Peters later on down the line. But this is this is a snapshot of of what the writers had to put up with and what Barry Sonnenfeld had to put up with. All right, so the paired various meetings with the studio. This is talking uh, about Brett Maddock and Stephen Wilson, the writers of Wild Wild West, or the sorry, the credited writers for Wild Wild West. Yeah, uh, meetings with studio representatives uh, and two with John Peters, uh, who was the producer of the film with Sonnenfeld. Peters, who used to be Barbara, Barbara Streisand's hairdresser, had executive produced films like Caddyshack, um, uh, Batman Returns and A Star is Born. Maddox, speaking to me uh, with two broken feet in his house in California, says that he went alone to the Bellar Hotel where Peters lived while he was remodeling his home. He met him by the pool as Peters sat with his harem of young Hollywood studs. Maddox told Peters the storyline of the film. When he explained there would be a scene in which Jim West rides on horseback, through the night in order to meet the president. Peter stopped him. Horse, he said. Horses are boring. There was a long pause. Maddox said, well, we're setting this in 1868. This is a Western. Peter said, you know what's cool? Motorcycles. <laughs> Maddox told him there weren't motorcycles in 1868. Yeah, you could have motorcycles, Peter's responded. At one point, Peter said to Maddox, you see the pool there? I was in the middle of that pool one day, swimming up behind me comes Steven Seagal. He gets me in a headlock, and you know, he's such a pussy. Peter then proceeded to claim that he asked Seagal, want to take me down? You want to take me down, motherfucker? He got out of the pool and had a martial arts battle with him, which Peter's won. <laughs> <laughs> so... We look at the the derangement of, of the movie itself and we can figure out that it didn't get off to the best start 
when you have somebody like John Peters on board. No, and this is John Peters, and and we weren't joking then. That wasn't, I think you you kind of touched on this. John Peters, who we'll come to later on, (laughs) John Peters was the hairdresser of Barbara Streisand. He was the hairdresser. Mm -hmm. This wasn't the the guy who would cut her hair but was a really a movie producer. No, no, he was a hairdresser. He started a relationship with her. And he decided to produce A Star Is Born, where she was starring it with uh, Chris Christopher, country star. Mm-hmm. And from there, he's gone on to produce and executive produce American Werewolf in London, Caddyshack, Flashdance. Inner um, Space. Inner Space, Batman, uh, the 1989 Clue with Tim Curry, The Colour Purple. Um, sorry, Gorillas in the Mist, Rain Man. You know, Tango and Cash, Batman Returns, obviously, Money Train. And then we get to 1999, Wild Wild West. This was, I think, a lot of things all happening at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's, Will Smith, let's, 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 talk, let's talk about the actual movie itself. <laughs> so, Will, Will Smith, and I wanted to go on, but I wanted to have a look at this because you said, you just said that everyone goes on mainly about Will Smith and uh, Barry Sonnefeld for the way this film kit turned out. I don't think, I think what Will Smith gets most stick about, and it's funny, but it's a bit of schadenfreude, but Will Smith turned down starring as Neo in The Matrix to take this role. Yeah, but I, like, the thing that gets me, it annoys me when people say things like, oh, they turned this down, they turned that down, they turned this down. It's the same thing as whenever me and you do a movie. How many people, you know, were in a certain role? Johnny Depp, blah, 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 da, 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 da. You know, this is... People turn down movies all the time. No, no, this is Will Smith, who has been... I've seen a YouTube video clip of him saying that was a big mistake, wasn't it? It was literally like they had Will Smith ready to star as Neo, and he had a choice of being Neo... Or has been Jim West, and it went for yeah. Wild Wild West. But what I'm saying is, do you think Will Smith is lesser of a star now because he took Wild Wild West over the Matrix? No, I don't think it made a difference at all. I think it have. Nah, I think it have yeah. made more money. That's about it. Uh, well, that's a, but that's the thing you look at that as well. Will Smith made fucking forty times more than what Keanu Reeves did at the Matrix. But in terms of a career move, forget about but your again, success. In again, terms of career, but a career, but a career move. The next movie Will Smith made was Ali, and he was nominated for an Oscar. Touche. So, what, what, like that's that's what annoys me about these things like this when people come out and say, "Oh, you know, he turned this down, he turned that down," and his next performance he was nominated for an Oscar. So what? Would he have won the Oscar if he'd have been in the Matrix? No, but what I'm saying is, if you look back at your career, right? And you go, do I um, have a fun? When you're sitting, when you're sitting in your two hundred million dollar house with your fucking supermodel wife, and you're sitting back on your deck chair going, ah, oh, right. I wish That's I would have been you. in the Matrix. No, if you <laughs> if you look back, and he would have spent a, a year of his life working on this film, and you look back, and what you've got to show for it is either multi razzy <laughs> winning Wild Wild West. Or the Matrix. You get your CV out. Which one looks better? You look back and you... I've had jobs where I look back and gone, fucking hell, how could I do that for 12 months of my life? And you just I'm think gonna, if I had I'm, a I'm, job, things would have been better. 
I'm going to say one thing, right? Michael Caine was once asked, why were you in Jaws 3D? And his reply was, Jaws 4. Jaws 4, sorry. The kids needed Christmas presents that year. Uh, I, well, I read a different one. Yeah, but, that's, read... but that's the whole no, point. No, does, no, does, yeah, yeah. Does, does the fact that Michael Caine was in that shite Jaws movie change your opinion of Michael Caine in any way? No, no, not at all. No, yeah. exactly. So why why do people why do people hang upon the fact on these things? I thought, I, that, sorry, I know we're going on this a wee bit, like, but that's these when, things kind of annoy me. But when the actual star has gone, oh yeah, that was a mistake, wasn't it? Then it's something that you know, obviously they've looked back on and they've commented. Paul, on. If it Paul, was just a... I, wa- I once had a shit in a mop bucket. All right. <laughs> Great. Now let's get back to the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't I don't I don't fucking like the fact that I took a shit in the butt bucket. But you know, I've got two healthy kids and a missus. You know, I don't think if I didn't take the shit in the butt bucket that I would be living in fucking Caesar's Palace fucking yay, fucking throwing you know what I mean? Me and Dean Martin and fucking Sammy Davis Jr. What I'm saying is it's a real life Mr. Destiny or sliding doors. If you hadn't <laughs> if you'd have had a shit next to the mop bucket, how different would things have been? I think I would have been living in the street. <laughs> you would have had a song, you would have had a theme tune sung by Aqua. If only I could turn. <laughs> don't worry, that's not going on at the end of the episode. We all know what's going on at the end of the episode, don't worry. So yeah. this film for me, right, if you look back at a certain film, you, you kind of try and classify it into words. Three, you know, key words. And this is horny. <laughs> really fucking horny. Everybody is horny. Uh, well, I'm going to say not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah. I think so, it I mean, is, it, this, yeah. this is the most 90s film. Now, think about it, right? You've got Will Smith, peak Will Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, peak Will Smith, prime, right? Oh, he's yeah. A... Well, let's, let's put it like this. He's just come off, you know, he's just come off the back of, of, of what? Fresh Prince, Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, Enemy of the State, bang, then Wild Wild West. Yeah. He is, and, this, and two years just before he, he gets nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is prime Will Smith. You've got that age of where everything's CGI. And it's just starting to look sort of real. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. some films you've watched in the past where you, in the mid 90s where it's just like too soon. You shouldn't have used that CDI just yet. You know, you, I'm looking at um, even Godzilla Lost in Space when we talked about that Lost in Space yeah. with that creepy little creature thing that hung Ev- around. Ev- Evolution. You ever seen the movie Evolution? Oh, Evolution. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and it was just the point where CGI was just getting good. You've got Barry Sonnefeld, like say, I was on a run. You've got Kevin Klein. Who is solid? You've got to admit. Well, solid. you know the, the the one thing that depressed me, at, you know, reading into this movie was that, you know, no no one who obviously made this movie had a good time. You know, bar maybe a couple of the the, the smaller cast. Um, Will Smith is still apologising for it. Same as Barry Sonnenfeld. I'll talk through you know a few things that Barry Sonnenfeld says later on um, about the movie. Um, but you know, one of the main points that Barry Sonnenfeld tries to make is that. A lot of the things were thrust upon him in this movie. And if he said that if he was to make Wild Wild West nowadays, uh, he would have walked off the set because of the amount of input that other producers tried to put into him. You know, he was trying to work with a script that was constantly changing. 
um, when they went to a test audience, you know, they went back, they added, what, 30, 40 million more onto the budget so they could reshoot the movie, some scenes of the movie, and try and make them more funny. You know, one of the things that people came back with on the test was saying that they were confused as to what it was. You know, is it a comedy? Is it an action movie? You know, what is it? Will Smith wasn't funny. You know, they expected Will Smith, Men in Black. They expected yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith, and they got nothing. You know, and if you, if you look at I, I what get, were included, if you look at all those bits that are so obviously added jokes or whatever, you know, added reshoots, a lot of it is Will Smith just shouting really loudly and doing well, his mini thing. This, this movie, to me, I look at this movie and went, this is Will, movie, Will, Will Smith's shaft. This is what he probably seen this movie as. Yeah, you know, he he's okay. seen this movie. He's seen this movie as his. And I'm not I'm not talking I'm not talking about obviously the, the cultural references no, no. things together. But he's he's seen this movie as his shot. You know that's what that's what he wanted this movie to be like. He wanted to be the cool, suave, you know, kind of uh, you know, collected kind of thing. But the problem that you have is that Will Smith is one of the funniest actors on the planet. So you need him. You need comedy to come from Will Smith. And then when you team him up with Kevin Klein. And he is one of the best subtle comedian or comedic actors on the planet. You know, if anybody hasn't seen A Fish Called Wanda, go fucking watch A Fish Called Wanda. Because now his performance in Fish Called isn't subtle, but go watch A Fish Called Wanda and then see what kind of an actor Chris or, or, or Kevin Klein is because he is an outstanding actor. Outstanding, um, Dave as well. Yeah, outstanding, <laughs> Dave as well. Yeah, where he Absolutely. plays another Amer- where he plays another American president. Yeah, um, but, yeah, but so this but, is—I mean, yeah—I can I can see what you mean there about it being Will Smith's, yeah, like you said, shaft or his his moment to be the cool establishing a character a franchise his own coolness. But the problem with this is, and let's not beat around the bush, they cast a black African American in a role uh, where it's post Civil War America, and they had to decide whether to ignore the fact, which would have been highly unrealistic, or whether they make jokes out of it or not. Yeah. And the racism in this, it's all played for laughs. It's Everything. tough. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is tough to understand some of the set pieces. It's tough to listen to some of the phrases. It's tough to get a performance in something that you don't know whether it's trying to be a comedy or uh, an action movie. You know, obviously we'll talk about the movie. We'll talk about the movie rather than than anything else. You know, do you want to start from the start? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go. Uh, I want to talk to you a little about something uh, that's close to my heart. Have you ever heard of uh, misophonia? No, go on. Okay, so... I suffer from misophonia. Okay. See, as uh, you're shocked, you don't know what misophonia is. I suffer from misoph- I, I suffer from misophonia, and I will explain what misophonia is. It is a disorder in which certain sounds trigger emotional or physical or psychological responses that some might perceive as unreasonable given the circumstance. Now, I can't listen to water being poured it gets me angry if i'm hearing water being poured if i'm hearing 
people chewing next to me, it makes me angry. It doesn't annoy me. It just makes me angry. I get, if I hear, you know, uh, people scratching on a sofa, any kind of material cloth, it makes me angry. It infuriates me. I'm like, hang on. Let me, why are you making that sound? Let me write these down. <laughs> but that's what misophonia is, right? Now, start a wild, wild west. I'm going to make a sound, right? And I want you to pick out misophonia <laughs> that I picked up on this. Yeah. Constantly. Now, right at the start of this movie, it's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> the kissing scene between Will Smith and that girl in the water tower made me want to crack the iPad in half because <laughs> because it didn't go on for like a like like five seconds like it should had it went on for four minutes oh it was a long old scene four minutes oh it yeah. went on it went on for and you know my anger with the sound started making me pick holes in the scene you know how how does Will Smith know that they're there for the guns? Did he choose to be in the water tower with that girl because the guns were there, or did he just happen to be in the water tower when the guns were there? How did I they think, know? I think how did in... they know? But how did they know Will Smith was in the water tower? They didn't. One of the horses was tied to it, and it, it went charging off or something. I think I, no. They, they tied it. They tied the back of the horses thing to it, then they pulled it down. I think he was hard. Didn't. I can't remember. No, yeah. I think he was in the the tower to keep an eye on him as a as a you can see through the hole and see what's going on. So I think it was a planned stakeout. But if he was going to be in the water, he might as well be naked, and you might as well be having sex while you do it. So he brought a ten out of ten girl into a water <laughs> tower. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> do you remember the movie Stake? Remember the movie Stakeout with Richard Dreyfus and Milo Estevez? I haven't seen it in years. Would have been a lot different if Richard Dreyfus had brought, like, I don't know, Liz Hurley to the stakeout with him. Like, do you know what I mean? And, oh, sorry. And he brought Emilio Estevez to the stakeout to fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's how the movie went. Went, but you know. But yeah. So that that first scene got to me. Misophonia. Look it up. It, yeah. Whatever. So he falls out of this thing, right? Did we see Will Smith's dick? That's what I want to know. No, I think it was clever edited. Oh, well, listen. <laughs> so he falls down and I see, you see something, you know, whether it is taped up or whatever. And then he stands up and obviously there's a shot between the legs of the fucking, the racist fucking Southern army people. But there's that split camera second of the bottom <laughs> of a ball bag, Paul. <laughs> I've seen the bottom of a ball bag. And now, I don't know, I, all I'm saying is all this podcast always turns out to be about big dicks. And for can some I, reason, everything that happens, there's a big dick in it. Can I just say, let's just go back a couple of conversations. We were talking about whether Will Smith should have done this or The Matrix. Are we sat around talking about Keanu Reeves' ball bag right now? <laughs> Listen, if we had seen Keanu Reeves' ball bag in The Matrix, you better believe we would have but had we a podcast. didn't. That's the point. Dedicated to Keanu Reeves' ball bag. So we've had Will Smith's ball bag. We get introduced <laughs> to... 
Um, look, okay, fuck it. We've got to talk about Kenneth. <laughs> that, that's the sequel to We Need to Talk About. What was his name? We Need to Talk About. What was the school shooting one? We Need to Talk oh, About. I what was his right. name? Kevin. I don't know. Let's talk. Adrian. We Need to Talk About Kevin, I think it was. Okay. Anyway, no, we need to talk about Kenneth. So, Alice Loveless. <sighs> what, what, well, what I want to know is, what is Belfast's own Kenneth Branagh doing <laughs> in this movie? Belfast's He's having a whale of a joy. time. Belfast's pride and joy, Kenneth Branagh. What is Appar- he doing? Apparently he emerged himself in uh, Civil War era history to really get to grips with the role. Well, a, I, I, was trying, I was trying to figure out what he was. So he's a scientist. Scientist, ex-army officer. Yeah, he's a bit of everything. Yeah. I think, so he, so he's, I a think scientist. he's not positioned as the... Is it Gerin? Goebbels? Himmler? Right. Who was the... Who was the uh, Gestapo one. Who was the one that did all the experiments? Was it Himmler? Himmler, Heinrich Himmler, yeah. Yeah, so I think he's kind of the the brains, the scientist, the fucking. Yeah. Yeah, let's the, be let's be honest. He is just angry that he doesn't have a dick anymore. That's oh, he's furious. He's furious. Yeah. He's he is angry. He doesn't have a dick anymore, and and that is about it. That is about it. He's a scientist who is angry. Obviously, that um, we we learned throughout the movie that. General Bloodbath McGrath, uh, who is the architect supposedly of the new Liberty Massacre, um, we it's subtly implied that Will Smith's family is at the, the new Liberty and then they've all been massacred and it's to do with McGrath. But then we find out later on in the movie, it's that's Arliss Loveless, who is you know his infamous tank. Yeah, uh, and I must know, say, and, and I'm defending the film here as well because I, I do I do rate it as a so bad it's good. But Will Smith delivering that where he's talking about becoming a basically is that he's sort of a not so much a runaway slave as he is sort of his family were killed in front of him and his yeah. friends or what have you. So there's, I think the really and I'm, I won't be guess I won't be surprised if that was in the original cut. So they wanted it to be quite a lot darker. He's got a real motivation for going after McGrath. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sorry, yeah, I interrupted you. No, you're okay. Um, but at the end of the day, Loveless is angry. Uh, he he's he has died somewhere in a battlefield. He's lost his legs. He's lost the bottom half, and he is just overly overtly angry that he's lost his penis. That's it. That he's lost the the ability to touch. Either. And well, look, we finally learned that he's got the his plan going on. He's got his he's got his plan to overthrow the government. And uh, look, just go back and watch this. But the the first meeting between Loveless, who is this, um, he's not resurrected. Is he? everybody thought him dead, and he's made this big surprise sort of comeback. And Jim West is at this the party. Weirdest, one of the weirdest scenes in the movie. This this yeah. So this is so. This is eighteen sixty eight, right? This eighteen sixty eight. No, if I use it some terms that seem offensive, I don't mean them to be offensive. I've um, got it I'm in front just, of me here as well. Are yeah, you, in I'm fact, are you reading Loveless? Or are you reading James West? <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just trying to explain. I'm just trying to explain the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Will Smith goes in. Jim West goes into this party, full of about two to three hundred white people. Um, he's going incognito. He stands at the top of a staircase and nobody sees him. Uh, he then, Arliss Loveless pops out of the head of fucking uh, Abraham Lincoln and blah, 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 blah. 
Will Smith is still standing at the top of the staircase, sitting watching him. He's Artist Lovers is basically going towards him, sees him, but doesn't see him. Uh, then he goes down and they introduce each other. Well, they say hello again, blah, blah, blah. And then they have, um, yeah, go for it. Th- this talk. So have you got it in front of you or are you, am I running? I have, I have some, yeah, I have some, yeah. Uh, okay, so we've got uh, Loveless. Mr. West, how nice of you to join us tonight and add colour to these monochromatic proceedings. Yeah, and of course, this is a fellow. Loveless is a man who is um, obviously missing a lower half of his body. Is in a in a wheelchair. Uh, well, when a fellow comes back from the dead, it's <laughs> I find it an occasion to stand up and be counted. I haven't seen you in. Please forgive me. I haven't seen you in a coon's age. Well, I'm sorry, you're, uh... you're a, I'm sorry that you're a slave to your disappointment. Well, one oh. minute, uh, beautiful women, they encourage you and then cut the legs from under you the next. My God, I mean... was What is Kenneth Branagh doing in this fucking movie? That is just horrendous. And I mean, it's like, again, they've... basically they want to say he's racist. I mean, what? where does Jim West become... I mean, obviously he's taking the piss out of the other guy for someone that he can't help. I get that there's the, he's, the... Jim West has went went to this party to find Bloodbath McGrath. He yeah. asks the guy specifically, have you seen him? Oh, I haven't. I haven't seen him in a coon's age. Blah, 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 blah. And then he goes into a room and like starts shout talking with fucking General Bloodbath McGrath. Like shout talking. You're like, right. Well, you know, be quiet, lads. You know, be quiet, you know. Bloodbath, bloodbath will slip out the window. No, they open up the door and walk out into the party. You're like, well, no, hold on. No, no. You're supposed to be hiding from Will Smith. You know, you're supposed to be, it's supposed to be, you're, you need to go out the window or something. And then, and then obviously Will Smith does the whole bit of jiggery pokery. And then, and then the, the Asian doll comes up and, you know, she then shows her her ass for some reason which I, because I don't this really is not, know I'm, because I'm this is the did. horniest film ever right horny films we've got the opening minute they're talking about mm-hmm. sticking things in people's holes what does will smith say <laughs> you can't be forcefully putting the man's thing into somebody's hole like that or something and oh the, anyway so there's that there's numerous asses there's all of his henchwomen did you, did you like the clever names for him? Uh, Munisha was the woman who was good with the munitions, and Miss Lippin Reader. <laughs> uh, Miss, Miss East, like the Asian Miss one. Miss East was the Asian <laughs> woman, yeah. We've got the Asian woman. We've got Salma Hayek, who. God, how, fright, how frightfully underused was she in this movie? Like, God almighty. When you it, first see Salma Hayek, you're like, she's going to save it. She's going to save the movie. Oh, there she's away again. And one minute she's trying to. Fuck Will Smith. The next minute, she's trying to fuck Kevin Klein. Uh, we'll come on to the end of the minute. But then we've got um, all the stuff to do with the fake tits. Feeling each other's tits on oh, the. Oh, hold on. Come uh, on. The, the one thing that made me giggle out loud was the booby drum in that party. With, oh, the booby. Well, the one before <laughs> it was for me, but go on. Sorry, so up, before, this is before. In, so on the train, on their uh, secret high tech train. Um, Jim West and Atlas Gordon are on and, and they're discussing uh, the fake breasts that 
Kevin Klein at Miss Gordon is going to wear for the party as a woman in drag. And Will Smith sort of feeling it, going, no, no, it feels all too solid. It's too firm. And feel my breast. And he's got a different one and it's got some water in it, whatever. And M.M. Walsh, the train driver, sort of the classic gag of somebody comes and overhears him and he just gives that look of, my God, weirdos on this train. <laughs> so Kevin Klein's got his new uh, fake boobies, thanks to Will Smith, and they're at the party. Yeah. So then Will Smith obviously thinks that a big buxom lady in the party is Kevin Klein. So he, he walks up and, and gives her a little drum on the boobies, um, which I thought was funny. And then the, the best joke in the movie, you know, comes in when at the end of the party, you know, obviously when these white fucking supremacists see Will Smith doing this, they try to lynch him. So they bring him outside and throw the rope up over the tree. And uh, Will Smith is then pleading for his life, basically. And uh, the infamous line of, uh, you know, in my native land. And then you hear somebody in the back going, Georgia? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Africa. <laughs> See, I think that was probably one of the funniest as well. Say, that was, that, that, was that line. Like, Georgia. That line just got me like, Georgia? <laughs> I just love the old... It's the old clerk's story. It's the old... <laughs> my, my girlfriend sucked 36 things. In a row? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the one more recently with um, Into the Spider-Verse. Have you seen Into the Spider-Verse? Bits and pieces. So they're doing, um, they're doing sort of a, a speech to everyone in this crowd and everyone's got Spider-Man masks on or whatever. And she says, uh, even you can save the city. And Miles Morales is stood there and he's just looking up. He goes, I can save the city. And this guy just leans down next to him and goes, I don't think she means you specifically. It's more of a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, so yeah, so it jiggles and Will Smith there is saying, uh, but uh, the redneck comment maybe I should break it down for you. Red, strong, powerful, yeah. neck. But you see that's but that's neck. that's where it lost me because it yeah. seemed it seemed like they should have left it at the fucking Georgia joke and then went on. But they yeah. just they they just kept going on and on and on and and I believe and I've read that this is one of the scenes that was actually added into the movie. So added in or whenever they did the screening uh, of it, <clears throat> no, they added this in. So this 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 part, this comedy part yeah. to the lynching scene was added in. So the base he was being lynched and then he was saved by Artemis Gordon. But the comedy element to it. Was, was added in because people said that they thought Will Smith should be funnier in the movie. Now, again, the first part of it, the Georgia joke, was really yeah. funny, but then it, it, it just suffers from that kind of whole kind of right, yeah, just get out of the think, joke. Get you've got to think the, the way it's framed as well. It's literally it's Will Smith in the centre of the screen. There's never a crowd shot. There's never any reverse shots. It's just all yeah, I yeah. get you. So um, spiders play a part in this. There is a Theme, there's uh, spiders all over. How, how convenient! How convenient that not only do they get the imprint of the dead man's last vision through a man's head, <laughs> a man's head. head. Yeah, well, we get the joke. We get it. We got it the first time and the second time and the third time and the fourth time. The fifth time just was too much. Uh, but obviously, how how convenient that through the man's head, we see 
an invitation in the pocket of General Bloodbath McGrath. I don't know. Uh, and yes, so the spider, the spider is on the uh, the spinny disc or whatever you call it. But they're all over. I mean, they are all over Lovelace's. It, it says, you know, the one thing I always wondered about, like Batman and um, all these other superheroes, you know, that always have stuff that's uh, shield. Where do they get all the cups and the notepads and the pens and everything with all the shield logo <laughs> over it? Where does Batman have all the Batman stuff made? He obviously makes it himself, but how, you know? Alfred and, makes it. Of course he does. But then <laughs> but then you come to a point where he's loveless, he's covered in spiders. He's got it all over his clothes. All of his henchwomen have got spiders all over him. And it's obviously leading to some form of, uh, basically, yeah, he's going to kidnap the president and hold the country hostage to regain notoriety and, and victory for the South after the, their loss in the first American Civil War. But was it a loss? Did we count the votes? I don't think they did. They didn't count how many. They didn't count uh, everybody. It was an illegal, illegal vote. Illegal uh, war. Illegal votes. Now, I mean, for me, I didn't know this story when I first watched this. Um, you've probably already heard this before, but John Peters, going back to John Peters, he was <laughs> very great and good. He was very particular about what he wanted from this film. Or, sorry, he was very particular about what he wanted from another film that was in production at the time. You're probably going to tell this one better than me, so go ahead. Okay, so obviously I'm not the best person to tell the story. If you want to hear the story correctly, go get Kevin Smith's version of the story because 100%. he was the yeah he was the writer at the time. So the story goes as this: is that Kevin Smith was the proposed writer of uh, Superman Lives, and one of the stipulations that. John Peters, who was the producer of it, wanted at the time was that Superman shouldn't fly. Uh, the second one was that Superman shouldn't wear the Superman outfit. And the third one was that there should be a big giant spider. That's so me. John Peters became synonymous with a lot of people as the guy with the big big spider and now, he, apparently kevin smith went off to speak to another one of the writers another executive and he goes oh he wants this spider and apparently the guy spoke to just went oh this fucking spider he says i'll tell you what just call it a carillion snarl beast call it some something else but he wants a giant spider in that superman film call it whatever you want just get a spider in the film but i think that now this is something that i didn't know and I think we spoke about it last week. Uh, Sandman um, is going to be made into a TV show. Now, yep. John Peters had the rights to the movie of Sandman as well. And a few years ago, Neil Gaiman came out and said that in his pitch and in his talk with John Peters, John Peters again said that he wanted a giant spider in Sandman. Jesus and he said that at the end of the conversation, he said that, and now I may get the wording of this wrong, but if a movie has a giant spider in it, it's going to be a hit. So he's, I mean, no other film has had a giant spider in that I can recall. From, well, I just, I just don't I understand. One cash. <laughs> I don't, I just don't understand. I mean, here's, an, here's another one, right? 
so um, obviously within the movie, so we get we get through this whole kind of uh, scenario of Loveless wants basically what he wants is that General Grant to or President Grant or whatever he wants Grant to relinquish the United States to him so he can break it off and it can be a part of Great Britain, Mexico and Spain. And in this grand plan that he has, he then pulls everybody together to tell them it. And then Will Smith's character, Jim West, turns up disguised as a belly dancer. And so, yeah, sorry, again, I feel like you've just glossed over that. (laughs) Will Smith, big bad Jim West, arrives dressed in full-blown Arabian Nights, belly dancing, rock, everything. So this, and I've this, seen so horny. So this is Barry Sonnenfeld, right? Uh, the villain is transfixed by this exotic woman and becomes so distracted that West is able to release Loveless's captives, including Artemis Gordon. I'm Barry sure he was barking like Barry, a dog at one point. Yeah, Barry Sonnenfeld. I never wanted to see Will Smith in drag, he says. I thought it was uh, prurient, unnecessary, and silly. And in the end, because of Peters, because he loved it, he refused to let us take it out. Wow. Yeah. So this is what I talked about earlier on when he basically said that if it was around nowadays, he would have just walked off the set. But he was still, this was only like the, what, the fifth movie that he directed. Um, He was still kind of finding his feet. I I don't know how he was still finding his feet because he had so many monster hits. You know, it comes to terms with... As a cinematographer, not as a director. Yeah, I know it shouldn't mean much, but... Yeah, he should have been able to stand up for himself, you know. But he went on, you know, uh, we really lose the audience from there to the end of the movie because of the stupidity of that weird harem dance. I cringe every time I think about it. Uh, But then it's like, or or, sorry, until the dance, he says it's a good scene. Uh, Loveless scary and the audience believes that he's going to take over America but then it's like oh wait I'm going to forget all that because there's a harem girl who I didn't invite I have no idea how she got there but boy is she sexy and who wants to take over America when there's a girl in a green harem outfit next to me it made no sense and that's from <laughs> that's from Barry Sonnenfeld the director of the movie you know, so, you know, you have, you have to sometimes feel sorry for people because, you know, let's not forget that Wild Wild West at the time in 1989 was the most expensive movie ever made. $170 million this movie was made for. And, you know, yes, the CGI is aged, but let's, let's be honest about the whole movie. I think, in my view, the movie looks amazing. Oh, the, I, scene, the scenes, yeah. the costumes, the set design, it looks amazing. You know, we The money's even, all there on screen. The money 100% is on screen yeah, right there. Like, we haven't even spoke about the fact of the gadgets. The Kevin Klein, we, we've not even spoke really about Kevin Klein. You know, the, I, I, I was even confused at the fact that they had this train. Now, when I watched it the first time, I thought it was Kevin Klein's train. It's not Kevin Klein's train. It's the American government's train. So yeah. the, American, the American government has preloaded this train with all these fucking gadgets. And it's like, so right, so this isn't Kevin Klein's train. So, right, so how, how the fuck does he know everything that's in this fucking train? So he probably designed it. 
Yeah, but it's just so fucking confusing. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it, 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 it part annoys me that you're looking at it and going, like, here's, like, it, it, that whole kind of thing of the, 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 the writers, um, Brent Maddock and Steve Wilson, you know, they were, their names are on this movie. And it's ab- absolutely destroyed them in Hollywood because their 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 names were on this movie. Now they were just like the second part of this script. Nothing that they wrote ended up in the final mo- in the final script. Nothing they wrote ended up in the movie. It was chopped and changed so much that they didn't even know anything that went on in this movie. They didn't add the mechanical spider. They didn't add anything else. At one stage, John Peters wanted a B-52 bomber in the movie, right? So they were in a, they were in a script meeting and they were talking about the bomber. And Barry Sonnenfeld kind of piped up and went, how, how can we add a scene in the movie where they come up with the Leonardo da Vinci cycle, you know, plane thing, yeah. but we already have a metal flying airplane and one of the other writers popped up and going oh well in the early part of the script we had a mechanical spider and the Barry son I'm like well well that sounds better you know that sounds better and then a few of the others started like, oh yeah the mechanical spider sounds great yeah yeah we'll add the mechanical spider and so that's how John Peters got his way so I think it was just a double bluff from him because he wanted like the only reason why Kevin Klein in that kind of uh, nitro cycle the only reason he had a nitrocycle was because he wanted to see fucking motorcycles in the movie. And I think what Wild Wild West and everything just encapsulates that craziness of fucking Hollywood. You know, let's oh. just try and add as many crazy things as possible to the movie and just throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And, you know, I don't think that that's how to make a movie. As in, you know, when you look at people like Barry Sonnenfeld and Will Smith, Kevin Klein, Salma Hayek, Kenneth Branagh, when every single one of them turns at the end of the movie and goes, oh, really shouldn't have made that movie. Do you know what? Yeah, you really shouldn't have made that fucking movie. Welcome to I Hate Your Taste in Movies. I'm Jackie, and I love action movies, but I really hate horror movies. I'm Jen. I love horror movies, but I just can't stand musicals. And I'm Austin. I love all things musical, but I absolutely hate action movies. Join us each week as we share our all-time favorite movies with our friends who will just rip them apart. You can listen to us, I Hate Your Taste in Movies, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at I Hate Your Taste and on Instagram at Hate Your Taste Pod. Join us as we put our friendship to the test every week and learn surprising things about each other. Like how Austin saw the movie Pitch Perfect in theaters 12 times. Which is perfectly acceptable. Or how Jackie played with oil cans as a child. Normal childhood behavior. Or how watching a zombie movie makes Jen want to eat chicken wings. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. We release new episodes every Tuesday. And for the record, I hate your taste in movies. What have we got for you next week then? Uh, well, it's Valentine's Day next week. And if you tuned into our... Love is in the air. Yeah, we've done that one. Everywhere that. look around. So if you tuned in last week and heard Attack of the Quizzer, 
then <laughs> you'll have heard of us also planning for uh, Valentine's Day coming up next week. Now, what was has been evident very quickly is that I've I'm a bit of a Scrooge for Christmas and I'm a bit of a Scrooge for Valentine's Day because usually I'm on my own. Um, I've got no interest in watching. I Roman... will give you a blowjob. No, you're not right. Just so... put fifty pounds in my account. <laughs> I will give you a blowjob. Sorry. So next week, uh, you, my executive chef, Cormac, you are going to serve me a menu. And you have to watch every one of them. I am going to watch every one of them. and I'm Because get... I will know that you haven't watched them because you haven't seen them before. I have not seen. I've seen one of well, I think I've seen one of these if you've decided on what I think you're going to decide on. So tell me what is your... So what's your starter for, starter a, a, roman, for a romance st- movie menu? The Baz Luhrmann classic, Strictly Ballroom. One of the greatest movies ever made. Guy Pierce. Uh, well, the second best movie Guy Pierce has been in. LA Confidential. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. I've never seen Strictly Ballroom. Romance, is it? rom-com it's romance it's comedy it's australia it's dancing it's fucking fantastic and then a fish course then what's what's uh, your worst example of a, of a rom-com what what's gonna oh, be oh the fish course has to be p.s i love you oh god is that with gerard butler gerard scottish butler trying to do an irish accent fantastic I... I worked in uh, Blockbuster in Carlisle when this first came out, and the amount of blokes who had to come in and Cry- run. Crying girls walking in going, fuck <sighs> Okay, so your main course then. What is the your favourite, your best, the best example of a romance rom-com movie for me to watch? Just the greatest. My best friend's wedding. Julia Roberts had her absolute best Cameron Diaz in the movie as well fantastic fantastic it was a close run it was a close run between four weddings and a funeral on this okay but my best friend's wedding won out okay I have seen my best friend's wedding so we'll save that for, for next week and your dessert then what what would you finish off a meal of romance films with yes 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 it is, of course, I'll have the, Rob, the Rob Reiner, Meg Ryan, <laughs> Billy Crystal classic, When Harry Met Sally. Well, that's actually kind of, yeah, all right, I'm all right with that, because I've never seen When, when Harry Met Sally. I only recently watched City Slickers 1 and 2 for the first time. Oh, Jack Palance. They oh, Bruno really... Kirby. Bruno Kirby, I only found out yeah. the other day he died in 2012. Yeah, yeah, ages ago, yeah. Oh, horrible. But I watched City Slickers for the first time, and I'm just desperate to see more Billy Crystal. So that one I'm all right with. The other three, we're going to have words. But, uh, okay, so for next Sunday, you're going to serve me a Valentine's dinner. We're going to have candles. Yeah. We're going to have candles. We're going to have movies. We're going to have blowjobs. It's going to be... No, hang on. No candles. Wait, hold on. But <laughs> no, can, you no give can... A, can you give a blowjob over Zoom? <laughs> find out next week on the movie show podcast <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there we go so next week uh, Strictly Ballroom PSI Love You My Best Friend's Wedding and When Harry Met Sally is there anything more from you my shivery little friend yes 
Oh, oh shit. Impeach the orange bastard. 100% impeach him. Never let him make a mockery ever again. Also, maybe pissing his mouth. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> nah, I'll enjoy that. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, peace and love. Gunning this, brother running this, fucking those soldier. Look, it's like I told you, any damsel that's in distress, be out of that dress when she meet Jim West. Rough neck, so go check the law on the vibe. Watch your step, we'll flex and get a hold of your side. Swallow your pride, don't let your lip react. You don't want to see my hand where my hip be at. With Artemis from the start of this, running the game. James West, taming the West, so remember the name. Now who you going to call? Now, now who you going to call? If you ever rip with people, one of us break out before you get bum rushed at the Wild Wild West. When I roll into the Wild Wild West, when I stroll into the Wild Wild West, when I bounce into the Wild Wild West, it's gold, it's Madman lost his damn mind in the West. Loveless, kidnapper down, nothing less. Now I must put his behind to the test. Then through the shadows in the saddle, ready for battle. Bring all your poison and kind of poison. Behind my back, all that ripping you did, front and center.